Why do you suppose I just hurled a chair at your head, Neiman? I, I, I don't know. Sure you do. The tempo? Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. Start Give counting! Five, six, seven, eight. In four, damn it! Look at me! One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? I don't know. Count again. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference! If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will fuck you like a pig. Now, are you a rusher, or are you a dragger, or are you going to be on my fucking time? I'm going to be on your time. What does that say? Qu- quarter note equals 215. Count me at 215. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Jesus fucking Christ. I didn't know they allowed dipshits in the Schaefer. Am I to understand that you cannot read tempo? Can you even read music? What is that? Eighth note. Yeah? What is that? Dotted 16th note. Sight read measure 101. What are you in a fucking acapella group? Play the damn kit. Now answer my question. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Answer! Rushing. <laughs> oh my god. What are you, one of those single tier people? Do I look like a fucking double rainbow to you? You must be upset. Are you upset? No. No? So you must not give a shit about any of this. I do give a shit about this. Are you upset? Yes or fucking no? Yes, you are upset. Say it. I'm upset. Say it so the whole band can hear you. I'm upset. Louder! I'm upset! You are a worthless, friendless piece of shit whose mommy left daddy when she figured out he wasn't Eugene O'Neill and who is now weeping and slobbering all over my drum set like a fucking nine-year-old girl. So for the final father-fucking time, say it out loud! I'm upset! Never, ever doing that again. Nope, we can't. I can't <laughs> scream that anymore. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Best day we Welcome to Facing Off. Are you in a fucking acapella group? Yeah, I'm a double fucking rainbow. This is Facing Off. This is a podcast where we talk about two things that are on the TVs in front of our eyes and ears, and we compare them and contrast them and rate them. I'm Nick. I'm Gabe. I'm Layla. She remembers. She's dragging. She was were dragging. you rushing or it took were you me a dragging, second. Layla? <laughs> she was dragging. Um, and we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about two movies today. They're called Whiplash and Black Swan. But before we get to that, how are you guys? What are you doing? You good? You know, I'm Layla finished a quarter. I'm Gucci. Yeah, I finished she's second quarter of grad school, which is she's only got two left, a half. Two left. I have one more quarter before I'm done with the first year. So then I'll be. Hang in this summer, which will oh, be amazing. Hell yeah! Um, you had two down. You had yeah, two there's only three. Two left. There's three quarters. 
Mm-hmm. Why aren't they trimesters, though? <laughs> I feel like I'm very much confused here, Nick. Oh, I didn't like, um, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, what's the last quarter? Where's the missing quarter? <laughs> what's in the box? Yeah, um, what's the quarter cut? <laughs> anyways, yeah, I'm feeling great. I'm on spring break right now. Persian New Year was oh, yeah. yesterday, which is incredible to any other Iranians listening. So happy spring, everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling snazzy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Awesome. That's good. We're going to talk about really up- two really uplifting <laughs> movies. Yeah. Um, I'm going to moderate today's episode, which is an episode about two lonely, talented, friendless artists with single parents who toil at the feet of an abusive mentor in order to achieve artistic perfection, no matter the physical, emotional, or mental toll it takes on them and their loved ones. And what are these two movies? The Black Swan <laughs> and, and Whiplash. Oh. I already said that. Thank God. I'm glad that we're doing those movies. Uh, we're going to, uh, rate things on our normal one to seven scale with the categories we always use. Uh, seven's the best one's the worst four's in the middle. And, um, I would assume that J Jonah Jameson does not accept anything other than a seven from his band. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty intense. Are you talking about me in this circumstance? Am I J Jonah Jameson? No. Oh, okay. But you're saying if, if <laughs> muscular if you, yeah. J Jonah Jameson, yeah, yeah. the one that we saw in the movie, he is muscular, kind of turtly. Like mm-hmm. a little turtly and muscular. So jacked. So much testosterone. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to do these two. Uh, it's a good pairing. They're they're very, very similar. And there's a really good, you know, just a plug for for uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, Beyond the Screenplay, I think is what it's called. Um, they have a yeah. really good... Oh, Lessons from a Screenplay. They have a really good YouTube episode about these two movies called The Anatomy of the Obsessed Artist. And... Let's fucking obsess and Yeah, if you this. haven't ever thought about how these two movies are similar, you should watch both of them. Yeah. You should stop this now. Watch both of them. And yeah. Listen, or we'll watch just tell movies. you about it right now. Turn uh, my pages, bitch. We're going to start with... <laughs> we're going to start with originality. <laughs> and Gabe. Uh, that was a good, that's a good quote from the movie. Yeah, uh, Gabe, talk, Whiplash. Talk to us about Whiplash and sure. um, whether or not you <clears throat> felt this is a movie that needed to be made, if it was original... Um, yeah, t- tell us your opinion there. Yeah, I'm glad we're starting with this because, like, I can kind of separate these out because these are both, like, very, very original stories that seem very real. Um, you know, Black Swan to a certain extent is, is less grounded in reality. Um, <laughs> but this bit. one, just a little I bit. I mean, unless it's just psychosis, <laughs> but like, this one is like very much grounded in reality. Although I, I can't imagine a school that would allow that kind of behavior to go on this long. But, anyways, um, nobody told conversation. I think this movie people. absolutely needed to be made because this was like a breath of fresh air. Uh, wait, nobody told on him, yeah, nobody told on him for years and years. Yeah, that's and years true. Now. Yeah, until someone died. Um, no, this, this movie came out of nowhere. Um, it was so highly loved by um in in Sundance when the short film came out and then when they made the feature length one it was one that we were all expecting but no one expected it to be like the movie that it ended up being and it was so remarkable um I think where the originality comes out in this movie is we'll talk about the visual elements to it um but definitely the care and consideration there is for music in general um, I don't think there's ever been to my, like, 
I don't think there's ever been a closer analysis of music and what a musician is um, outside of like biopics and some musicals, yeah. but like even details of like showing like, you know, when they're changing their reeds and there's like fucking water <laughs> all on the ground Spit and stuff. And, like there's such a appreciation for the music that you know that obviously it was made by a musician, but like. There's such a – you dive into something that you don't in any other movie. Um, I also really like that this movie is – it's really – it's simple if you kind of break it down to a certain degree. Yeah, I love that. Okay. And it's just about jazz drumming, you know, in a, in a school for that, in a conservatory. But, like, it's, it's – also extremely complex to be able to take something that simple and make it this emotionally powerful and this engaging gets a lot of creative credits. Um, I think there's been a lot of examples of an abusive mentor. I think like one of the biggest ones that we know from before is like full metal jacket um, w when it takes someone to the brink. Um, but I think it stands out in its own way because I mean, it, 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 because of all the elements we're going to talk about in other ways. So I don't, I, I still find this above average originality. I don't think it's a super original movie, but it's like more than needed to be made. So I'm going to give it a 5.5 5 out of seven. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't really have like a lot to add to that. I'm going to go with a five. Um, and I also think this is like the this is and correct me if I'm wrong because Gabe you will know this but isn't this kind of like Damien's like jump onto the scene a little bit? Well, yeah. Well, I don't think he had made him. I don't think he'd made anything huge. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was super young too, and he made it. Yeah, and I feel like Damien definitely kind of has a little bit of like a stamp of his own when it comes to filmmaking, like. I was like immediately. I w I just rewatched this movie. I just finished it like twenty minutes ago. Um, I was thinking about when the, he does the shot, the back and forth between him playing the drums and JK like conducting. The and it's the same panning, shot yeah. from La La Land where he's playing the piano and she's dancing or whatever. Um, I feel like he has really original ideas and he himself um, definitely plays a role in making this into something original. But I agree with like everything else that you said. And I'm going to talk a lot more in different categories about how a lot of those specifics make the film really original. But yeah, I definitely think it needed to be made. I think it's... Um, I don't think it's necessarily a story that's like told enough within like art scenes and within music. I do think that mm -hmm. like as much as we kind of joke around like, how did you not get fired sooner or, or whatever? Like I do think the art industry in general, people take a lot of abuse <laughs> and yeah. I think there tends to yeah. be not a lot of rules around that. And I think it's interesting for that to be portrayed in this movie and it's not enough. So I like that about it as well. So I'm going to go with the five. Yeah, and to be able to tell that story, like Gabe said, in such a it is such a simple story, but the point that makes the the that makes J.K. Simmons' abuse that much more poignant is just like yeah, he's just like a kid trying to be a, an incredible drummer. Like, it like resonates to a certain degree, and yeah, you can actually like, feel slack, that abuse. Man. Yeah, yeah, it makes it that much more poignant that it's just like he's just going through his every day, and you're like, man, I feel mm -hmm. bad for this poor kid. Um, let's talk about Black Swan, which is not simple. No, no. But is it original, Layla? Um, yes. <laughs> I was thinking about this a lot when I was watching it. Like, there are so many ballet movies out there, but they're all, like, such shitty teenage, like, 
like teenage mm. films. Like there's, <laughs> it was really nice to see because ballet is like such a gnarly sport and it's really oh, intense definitely. and scary. And it, this is like, it is the perfect sport for like a psychological drama. <laughs> so it was really nice to see someone take that idea and just like go a hundred percent with it. Um, I think it absolutely needed to be made. I think um, how creepy it is, like, adds so much to it. And I think that's really lovely. And I don't think a lot of people would have done that because ballet can always be, like, romanticized in a lot of films. So, like, that part's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I I, mean, I personally definitely think it needs to be made. And I don't think that there's a lot of content out there that could, like, be comparable as far as there's obviously mentor, mentee, like, people taking themselves to the brink stuff. But specifically to the craft of ballet, and just how they decided to go about portraying that, I think, is incredibly original. So I gave it a six. Yeah, I I gave it a six as well. And I actually agree with a lot of that. I was going to say, like, you know, you could see this movie being just a simple, like, kind of ballet. Even with, like, a thriller aspect to it, it might be, like, a Red Sparrow type thing, you know? <laughs> like, where it's just, like... But there's there's such a there's such an appreciation for, again, like, as I said, with whiplash in this case, there's such an appreciation, appreciation for the art form and for how hard that art form is and what the stakes are for a lot of these dancers. Um, I also like, I was thinking of that too. I was like, besides whiplash and then maybe like the wrestler also by Darren Aronofsky and Zodiac. Like, I don't know a movie that, does a better job falling, like diving so far down into a path of commitment that turns into obsession, that turns into like perfection or nothing. The and... only films I would say are comparable, which seems to be a lot of them are like boxing films. I feel like boxing yeah. films yeah. definitely do this all the time. And it's really weirdly yeah. common. Like lots of boxing films are out there. They do where they like ruin relationships around them and mm-hmm. everything. But like this one is it's it's so headstrong in the way that it yeah, does it where sure. it's like in this movie and and. And in Mm. other movies, you can see it turning around at the end and becoming a little bit more optimistic. Like this one just like is like, no, I'm going to. And Darren Aronofsky does that. He is not afraid to provoke. Um, These are heavily emotional. I feel like boxing is like physical, but like these are like all in the head. (laughs) And even if it was like a crazy boxing movie, that's not even mentioning the whole psychosis element of this Mm -hmm. movie, which Mm -hmm. is incredibly well done. And so like it's truly a descent into madness and and both of these movies are but this is like like full-on madness and it just dives into there um i love that each character in the movie also exemplifies a character in swan lake so if you look at the credit sequence at the end each character in the movie like like the teacher or her mentor is the gentleman and her mom is one of the characters. They put their mm. name and then the name of the character in the credits. Mm. And I and it's meticulous. really, it's, it, that's like the number one thing I was going to say is this movie is incredibly meticulous. And like in every single aspect of it. And that is what ballet is. Like ballet is an incredibly meticulous art form. Yeah. Um, I remember I also like just, you know, in terms of like, did this need to be made and like how creative is it? I remember getting to the end of this movie 
and see like you know when she falls onto the thing and you realize she's killing herself like and it's gonna be this perfect thing i remember like i i was a i was alone and watching on my computer at the time which i wish i watched it in theaters but i just like got up and i just clapped i was like (laughs) no fucking way this movie is brilliant (laughs) yeah i lost my mind i want the the listener to just close our eyes and just imagine. imagine me <laughs> in this dark room now no pants um yeah so i mean i'm gonna give it a six out of seven just because like i don't know i think there are elements of this movie that i could see in other things like specific like parts of it i could see being handled in other movies and it's not like the most creative movie i guess and i really it's it's more of darren aronofsky is like I might give him originality like a seven for some other stuff that he's done. Whereas this and the wrestler, I have more respect. So I'm giving it a mm-hmm. six out of seven as well. Okay. Good points about it being a meticulous film there. Thanks. Um, and I'm <laughs> surprised that we saw, I'm just going to recap. I, I'm surprised <laughs> that we saw black Swan being higher. Really? Uh, didn't, no. Yeah. I didn't think there I thought they'd be equal ish. Not for originality. I suppose like 1.5 isn't like a huge spread. But what about actoring for Black Swan? Layla. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Actoring for Black Swan. I gave it a six. (laughs) Um, Upon rewatch, like, holy crap, does everybody in this movie just like wow me. (laughs) I just think this entire... Everybody. I just think this entire Mm. ensemble cast is like remarkable and then especially sebastian stan yeah he really kills it (laughs) he's just really putting him on the scene (laughs) i completely forgot about him when i was did you rewatch it yeah i did (laughs) he popped up and julie and i were like is that sebastian stan so early who's the other guy early days some fucking ugly guy i don't even know who that is yeah yeah uh yeah no the other guy in the scene the other guy in the tom and jerry guys tom and jerry tom and jerry yeah that's right (laughs) um yeah, I yeah, everyone is so remarkable and I would give this a 6 simply because of Natalie Portman's performance as well. Like I don't even need to care about anybody else. Natalie Portman is this is just like this is a moment in time for her. This performance is the way that she like I was I like had to pause it at times cuz I just was so blown away by how like genuine she is in certain moments like it's unreal how like naive and like Mm. like just Mm. uptight she is in certain moments like I'm just like I believe this entirely like I think you are this person in real life um it's it's remarkable she's stunning in this movie I've never like this is just craftsmanship to like it's like 100% like she put her awe all into this movie and it's just I don't know. I think we should give her every award for this movie. <laughs> totally. um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you and can, then, like, feel her. You can, like, feel her be like, I worked so hard for this. The fact that yeah. you're, like, naturally good at this and you're just, like, doing E on the weekends is yeah. really... <laughs> you can just, like, feel it hurt her. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, her facial yeah. expressions throughout this film, in general. Like, she's just... She's remarkable. So, yeah, I think the entire cast does an incredible job. There's no one in this movie that I feel like doesn't carry their role well. Um, I think Mila Kunis is a great addition, and I think she does a great job. Um, yeah, I think everyone's... The mom is, like, terrifying, as she should be. Like, so she good. she freaks me out so much, and she does exactly what her job is in this movie. And Sweet girl. 
she adds so much of that psychosis to it and creates such a crazy environment in that home um, that you just feel truly uncomfortable every time she's in a scene. Um, She creates so much of that tension. So and them paired together. Oh, my God. Um, Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful acting. So, yeah, it's a six for me. Why is it a seven? Why is it not a seven? I can say why I because I was pretty close to a seven Mm. um, because I think this is one of those like when you when you add up when you go back through all the Oscars and you're like, what are the best like performances? You know, like there are deserving wins. Meyer Wiener. (laughs) But like who (laughs) shut the fuck up. (laughs) Um, But like when I go through each of the like this is such a huge 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 performance it was this what it's like a totally i mean she had always been good since she was a kid but it's such a career defining performance that like you know she's incredible and jackie and i wanted her Mm -hmm. to win for that and it's insane that her only win is black swan but it is so good that it almost counts as like 10 wins it was so dominant that year too um i i can't fully get behind Mila Kunis in the movie like she's not bad by any means and she's really good in her face her facial expressions are very good in it I think it's just so tough for me because I'm so used to Mila Kunis in like funnier roles and there's a tinge of comedy with her in this that it doesn't I just can't fully believe her character, even though she also really committed to the part as well the, in the yeah. actual performance. It just, there's something about it that I'm just like, it's not quite it, like if that if the person that plays the the annoying, the, like the meaner girl that's like part of their um, mm-hmm. uh, company, you oh, know, like yeah. the, if she had played that, I like kind of might have gotten more behind it. And if it was like switched Can around, I, say, but, though, like, I feel yeah. like what's so magical about what she does there is that the entirety of her character is fairly manipulative and that's why it's so magical. And like that other girl being the bitch from the beginning, like I don't think it would have felt as like crazy as it did at the end with Mila. Like that character truly is meant to over time gaslight this character. And she does incredibly. I don't think she's doing it purposely. I don't think think she is. I totally think that she is. That's how I read the character. And like, I think it's supposed to be ambiguous whether or not she has. And I think even if you look at it just as Natalie Portman's character taking it in as manipulation too, like that also plays into her role. Um, And I just think like the way that she plays the effortless counterpart to Natalie Portman's Mm -hmm. character, like creates a really good dynamic between the two of them, like a dichotomy that like helps you see just how uptight, like it plays into how uptight Natalie Portman is. And it really elevates that because of how carefree Mila Kunis is in the movie. Yeah. Oh, sure. And, and uh, yeah. like, okay, I, I, I agree with that to a certain extent. I just, like, it just something about, yeah, if it like, just work, I like it Mila work. Kunis, too. It just doesn't <laughs> yeah. really work. But it is kind of funny, by the way, that they uh, that they are in a, they're, like, rivals in it. And yeah. they were also in, like, No Strings Attached and Friends with Benefits in the yeah. same year. Um, you should go back and listen to that episode. It was a great time. Uh, Nick's <laughs> wife was on it. Oh, yeah. Um. Also, we haven't talked about him, but I fucking love Vincent uh, Cassel or Vincent Cassel or whatever the fuck it would be in French. I'm sorry. Yeah, Thomas. He is one of the most underutilized 
French actors in American mm-hmm. films. He's always just this like one dimensional villain in things. Mm-hmm. And he's so <laughs> manipulative, but he has this gravity about him in this movie where you can understand the attraction and like you like with Fletcher in in Whiplash, like I wouldn't I would just be like, fuck that guy. He might be really good, but I'd be like, fuck that guy. He's a he's a professor. He's not even like yeah. a touring. But with him, I'm like, oh, this guy is like a fucking genius. And he, it's, he brings like a gravity to it. Yeah. yeah. And um, I yeah. really, I mean, he's always been, I, like, I really recommend people watch like his early movies in France. But La Haine is the. Yeah, you uh, actually like, can't watch the them. Best. You have to watch them in France. Yeah, you have to w- go to France, watch his movies. Um <laughs> And then you mentioned Barbara Hershey, who's so fucking good. Uh, the mom, uh, she's incredible, horrifying. But um, oh, and and you had mentioned this about Natalie Portman. This was like a really incredible part of it—the naivete that she has. There's this whole aspect of the writing of this movie where you see Winona. Uh, Winona Ryder, oh, who I always forget Ryder. is in this. Yep. Um, <laughs> you see her as this in real time aging ballet dancer, even though she's still very young. She's still, you, you know, and you could see how his manipulation like caused her downfall. Calls, and then calls Natalie Portman's character, the same pet names that he called. Yeah. Her. And like in, and, and how it turned into this obsession and alcoholism and everything. But then you see, the mom character who is years past that she was a ballet dancer, but she had to quit because she was, she got too old and the mom nurtures Natalie Portman's character and, and makes her, her little girl. Cause she's like, don't grow up because things won't be great when you grow up. And she like, she controls her life to a level where Natalie Portman is a little girl. Like she's a little yeah. girl in a grown woman's body. And it is, and she's trying to break free of that, and she just can't and to become this black swan when she is the white swan, you know, like pure to her heart. And I really like that. And so I'm going to give this – I'm giving this a 6.5 hmm. instead of a 7. So it's like well above. And I'm, I'm only doing that because I'm going to – I want Mila it to be a slightly higher than Whitbar. Because you hate Mila Kunis. No. She's great. I just didn't it, – it's as close to perfect as possible. But I want I want Layla to go on Whiplash, but I I am <laughs> I I am gonna the six point five is for a purpose. Okay, because you want to distinguish with Whiplash, correct? Because he's gonna yeah. give Whiplash a seven. Oh wow! Okay, but I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna give Whiplash a five. <laughs> he's gonna give it a six point five. Ooh, Ooh, a five. Okay. Okay. Five. Yeah. Um, I'm pissed. I'm not rating this episode. You were right. Yeah, I like. I feel like I. <laughs> Definitely yeah, might not one. feel as strongly about Whiplash <laughs> as the two of you do. Um, or maybe even the populace, I'm realizing. That's because you're, you're fucking dragging. I don't want to give away any dragging, of my scores, dude. so I won't comment. That's the comment of a dragger. If I've ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're really dragging this movie, dude. Um, yeah, no, okay. Why, so I'm gonna, why, why? This is, I'm why giving, this is a better conversation. Yeah, so I'm giving it a five. So be, I'm most I'm mostly rating this off of J.K. and Miles Teller, because um, mm-hmm. I just don't really care about anybody else in this movie. Really, I like Melissa a lot. I think she's like a good actress, and I enjoy her. I don't think she has enough in this movie for me to care. Supergirl, uh, yeah, Supergirl, um, and the dad is like pretty On whatever. CW, to me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, really? 
Oh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I I hold that thought. I'm gonna come back to that. Oh what God, thought? Are you talking to me? The the dad. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The dad's whatever to me. Um. So I'm gonna focus on J.K. and Miles. Um. The only J.K. is like incredible obviously in this role there's no doubt about it i don't i my my qualm is more with the writing of his character we like when it comes to acting we should always acknowledge the writing of characters um and i it, the point was already kind of made actually in i think the last category or maybe in the acting for black swan um i think the way this guy is written is not like i feel like in black swan he you can tell how much he genuinely like cares like he's pushing her but he's like an a true artist like he really really cares about the art and i know that they're trying to do that with jk but because of how like harsh and awful he is i stopped to care about any of his like being an instructor and wanting to like build an incredible artist if that makes any sense like yeah it takes away from it for me like i I feel like in that character, they somehow ended up romanticizing abuse because like at the end, it like comes full circle and they have this moment together. And I don't like the writing of that for these characters like at all. Um, And I I ended up kind of feeling like it was a little problematic on this second watch. (laughs) Like I really loved this movie the first time I watched it. And I can talk about this more probably in a different category, but I think it does kind of tie into JK's character a little bit. I just, I I was having a hard time with it. I was like, I don't really like love the writing of this character anymore because it just feels really harsh and problematic. And I'm not seeing his love for the art in it anymore because it just feels awful to watch. Um, Regardless with what he was given, JK killed it. It's an incredible performance. It's a beautiful performance. Um, it's jarring. It's heavy. Um, Miles is mostly good to me. I, 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 this is a personal thing, and I'm sure I'm going to get shit on for it. I just don't love his facial expressions in certain moments in this movie. Yeah. Um, I think he was trying to do something Still with like it, and it just didn't work for me. <laughs> um, He's got a stupid face. It's fine. It's fair to say. No, I mean, like, I love Miles Teller, though. Like, I love him in Spectacular now. I think he's a great actor, and I think he can do really great things. I just think for some reason he's, like, doing something very odd when he plays the drums sometimes. Like, I feel like I've seen a lot of drummers perform, and, like, they don't really look like that when they go hard. Like, he just, it looks like something's yeah, they wrong. they can. I mean, I'm sure they can. Maybe it's just Miles looks funny to me. I have no idea, but it took me out a little bit when I was watching it. Mm. Um... But otherwise, he you know he does a great job. Miles, I think Miles has a great a career ahead of him if he wants to have one. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, those are my those are my those are my issues. <laughs> what about you, Gabe? The, yeah, I kind of want to jump on the Teller thing quickly because I actually think this is a super underappreciated performance to a level where I actually was kind of shocked when he wasn't nominated mm. because there's such a commitment to the part. And I know the faces you're talking about, but that's like, there's a physicality that he's doing as a musician that's so much more believable than someone being calm, cool, and collected while yeah. drumming. Yeah. Um, and I definitely don't want that. I should clarify. Pressure. I don't want yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. I know that you, and I know <laughs> yeah. that you've, like, even when you see, like, a drummer who's really giving it their all, they don't look like an absolute idiot. But there's, <laughs> there's this level of, one, he's an amateur 
And two, he's like giving literally everything into this without a thought in the world of, he's a very socially awkward person because he doesn't, totally he doesn't have anyone in his life uh, and he's unwilling to have anyone in his life. Um, I just, I mean, just talking about, cause when we talk about actoring and like the, what goes into the performance, like. Teller was always a good drummer, I guess, since he was, like, a teenager. But he, like, really dedicated himself to learning jazz drumming. And the guy who's his, like, uh, superior when he goes into the jazz band or whatever, not the redheaded dude, but the other one, like, he he's Tanner. the... He, yeah, he's, like, an actual, like, really good drummer or whatever, and he mm. was coaching him and stuff. And... The, it's not even it's not even just that Teller turned himself into a very, very good drummer for this movie. It's that he was so committed to like what that would look and feel like. Um and it was entirely he, believable. Literally he was playing drums and they weren't stopping takes so that he yeah. would feel like shit by the time they got to the take and they could see him. And he was like real sweat on him and, and real blood. anguish. Yeah, and real literally blood. bleeding because he All had to of learn them. a new way to hold the the sticks yeah i mean he's and he's incredible in the scene yeah especially that i mean that's a big thing because he was going from rock drumming before to jazz drumming so mm-hmm. there's a difference uh, in how you're, you're keeping crazy and this is fast too. jazz drumming and yeah, the time the time is just is just way different than standard but time. even beyond the music part of it miles teller from what we see in everything he's been in except for rabbit hole which was like a more of a personal project to him is always the very cocky, like yeah, he's a jackass, charismatic man. person, very charismatic, and the way that he subdues himself in this movie is so good. And it's you're there's like a part of you that feels bad, like roots for him and feels bad, and then it almost comes as a shock when you realize how much of an asshole he's willing to be to be so headstrong in in this like jazz drumming. So that's just on Teller for me. Um, also, by the way, great line delivery when he is fighting with his family and they're like, um, <laughs> that jackass. Like, come play with us. Real and he's quick. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, come play with us sometime or whatever. He's like four words. You'll never hear from the NFL. And then just moves <laughs> on. He's so good, but I want to, so JK Simmons, I, I, I understand where you're coming from with it. I actually still view it. at least in this viewing that there is an appreciation for the music, but it's his version of the music. And that's where I, I totally agree with you that it's like, it's, it's hard to watch. And it's also like hard to understand why anyone would follow this person because he's not a touring. I mean, he, he plays a little bit on the side, but he's not really a professional at this point. Um, he's a, he's a professor. And Mm. so I totally get that. And Another thing is, like, I think J.K. Simmons is incredible in this. He won 45 awards for this, which is insane. <laughs> I have sl- I I some of an issue many. sometimes when a person is playing an amplified version of something they're very good at in everything uh, else. Yeah. And it just feels like a higher octane version of J.K. Simmons from, like, J. Jonah Jameson. I know that he could mm. also play, like, nice father like in juno and stuff but if it also felt like you know when alice and janney won for 
yep. by Tanya. Yeah, I was, exactly and I really I was wanted Lori Metcalf to win for Lady Bird. I was like, yeah. it's just we knew he was capable of it, but there are levels to it. So I agree with you that you know, well, like I mean, it goes, like the scene. What I always think of when I'm like, okay, he really did deserve this, is the scene where he starts, where he comes in, and tells the band about yeah the kid, but is you find out later is just lying his oh yeah face off also, in that scene you get the uh, another scene where he's talking to that guy who's his friend and the little girl and he's so nice and andrew is observing it the whole time and then he walks in immediately and is and and says some homophobic slurs and stuff and then he's oh. like get the fuck out of my sight i will demolish you to that like little guy yeah and, and it's crazy one last point all right <laughs> The side performances in this movie, I don't think are very good. Like everyone else, but the, but the three leads, I don't even, I don't really even think the girlfriend is that good. I don't really think that she got a well written character. And that was kind of the point. I will say that Paul Reiser, I think the more I watch this movie, the, the guy plays his father, the more I really, really appreciate that performance because he has to, We've seen Paul Reiser before in like a lot of things, but he's never really this pathetic and he has to be this. And and this is another lessons from the screenplay thing that you should like check out. Like he has to be a version of a human being that Andrew refuses to be the person who is a is a writer but actually is like a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. His wife left him and he doesn't have much of a legacy. He's a he's he's a passed over joke in his family and he has to embody all that and also be this like the only good person in Andrew's life that he is just neglecting. And because he's so afraid of being his father that he has to do that. Also, I got to say the shot of his father's face, uh, when he's watching that last performance in the doorway is fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I do, I'm going to give this movie a six. And the reason why I was giving it slightly lower, even though I think all the performances are very good and JK's is great. I think for one thing, Natalie Portman's is like all time. Great. And, also, I just there's a lot. All the side performers are very good in Black Swan, mm. and I just think there's a lot. Like the redheaded dude in this is just like a horribly cast character, <laughs> yeah, and like he's annoying. So, okay, that was a very long winded, but six. I just so. want to comment really fast on the last thing that you said about his dad. I think it's interesting because, yeah. like, I think that you described that character better than they wrote that character. Like the way that well, you just no, described it. Is, it well, I just described it based on the screenplay, so I don't want to take that. I appreciate oh, that, but I don't want to take okay, that. Okay, so credit. the way that it was written in the screenplay, here, or the way that they like describe the character in the screenplay, screenplay, I don't think was executed well, and that's my. There's a couple like, things I, I think that I think you mean that, more on the direct. Yeah, I get that. I think that maybe is uh, to summarize a little bit of what you guys are saying is there are a lot of things in Whiplash that. I mean, and I, I think maybe you guys just convinced me of this too. I think there's a lot of things in Whiplash that you, if you think about it enough and you want to think about it, you can be like, oh, you know, like, like J.K. Simmons is putting forth this obviously toxic individual, but he's also teaching 
Miles Teller's character that to do this, you must be toxic. And so you like watch them and then you kind of see Miles Teller realize that, no, I actually don't need to be. That doesn't bring me any more joy to be a toxic piece of shit. And actually, I am very good at this and I can be good at this and I don't need to be toxic or need this person to do it. And so you feel him like, like yeah, he shows him up the in the end. Dynamic, yeah. But then you also see that J.K. Simmons is, just like you saw earlier in the movie, is not really that, not like he's an awful person, but he's not like intentionally trying to harm people. He just is a broken individual that likes this. I, this. I don't agree with that. I don't fully agree. No, I get, I get what you mean. I know what you're talking about. I was about. with you up until that last part. No, I, I know you. I think if you just remove the intent, because there no, is No, I don't think he intention. wants to kill. I don't think he wants to hurt people. I think that this is how he thinks he needs to teach people how to do this. Because he lies. He lies and said that the guy doesn't, doesn't kill himself. That he died in a car accident. But maybe in his own messed up head... He thinks that he thinks that's a better. That's how he'd like to think about it. And maybe he's just such a broken person that that's what he's going to decide to believe is reality. I agree for the with rest that forever. Except for there are moments that I think it's it is intentional and he knows what he's doing. But I do. I you. He's, I think he, he thinks the movie's good at people. explaining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the movie's really good at explaining like th- his. That the that he doesn't really fully know what he's doing is bad. No, I think the point is you can think that yeah. in this movie there's a bunch of things that you can think about later and be like, oh, that's what that was. But it's not it doesn't always work in the execution of the movie. Yeah, that's why yeah. that's why uh, I was with you when you were saying that. Like I do agree that like right. listening to Gabe talk about it, I was like, yeah, like if I could sit down and like dissect this film and like have a great conversation about what they were trying to convey. I completely agree with you. I just don't think when I was watching it, that's what actually like execution wise through directing or acting really came out for me. Like yeah, no, the idea is there. I just don't think it worked in some scenes in some moments. So it, it made it harder for me to like give it that higher score, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That um, what about the, uh, uh, what about the eye candy? Ooh. The visual <laughs> mode. Um, let's, I feel like we're about to go ham on this category. Let's just keep talking about Whiplash. Yeah, I was hoping we would just get through these two and go ham, and then the (laughs) spectacularity part can be nice and curt. Oh, that's not happening. And I can have (laughs) No. Let's talk about the eye candy for Whiplash. Yeah. Layla. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. Eye candy is just, like, so important to both of these films. Um Specifically with Whiplash, and Gabe alluded to this earlier, music is, like, the main character of this movie. Like, I don't even consider Miles Teller to be the main character of this movie. Like, music is. And that's entirely because of, of course, sound mixing and editing and all of the above, but really, the visuals. Like, the way in which it's portrayed on the screen... Um, and the and it's like the specific shots for each in- instrument are so specific to that instrument as well. Like it's very, again, meticulous when it comes to um, its knowledge about the art form that it's portraying. Um, it's remarkable. It's so beautiful. Like it is like I could just watch shots of those different instruments filmed by them over and over again. I don't even like <laughs> story be gone. <laughs> I would just watch them film shots of people playing those instruments because it was gorgeous and it was beautiful um and again like i I alluded earlier to damien and in his like visual stuff and um 
he's he's fun and fast and i think with something with so much movement and the way that they shoot the drums and how he plays the drums and um this is like a very much a testament to miles his physicality in acting as a drummer like beautiful like incredible mm -hmm. um yeah, it makes the movie for me. Like, that is my favorite part of this movie. In entirely how they portray music. And it's... I would I would give most of the credit to Eye Candy. So, um, I'm gonna go with a six. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, well, I, I don't even... Yeah, I totally agree. The way that they show all the instruments and stuff is incredible. And the way it pans through... Or it's, like, almost like insert shots of each instrument like very quickly being shown to you during a concert is great. This movie, this is like the most insane. They like, this is what people gush about with Damien Chazelle, where he came out of nowhere. This movie yeah. was filmed in 19 days, which is like stupid for a movie, like a feature length movie that is so fast. And he edited it like in two months and it is so expertly edited. Like it is to the point where you can believe that Miles Teller is actually drumming a lot of those parts like and it's pretty fucking realistic because the editing it's very clean is for sure. that good. It's so clean. Um there's also like a there's an appreciation of like the culture like there's an appreciation of jazz to the level of like how you view society around you. So like even the city itself as you're going around New York City and like seeing these buildings and the way he cuts it and stuff, it feels like a jazz song the way you're mm -hmm. watching this. And so that you're right. Like music is kind of the main character. Everything is in the form of music, um, particularly jazz. I also really like not only the like instruments and stuff, but the focus on people's faces. This movie is very close to people's faces yeah. in a lot of scenes. Um, and I, it's like eighth grade where like Bo Burnham wasn't afraid to get like up close to like what we looked like when we were like in middle school and stuff. Like <laughs> even this, it's like, these are people just like constantly playing and stuff under a lot of duress and they are like in the cameras right up close. I like that everything is in the perspective of Andrew. Like if something, if something happens in, in the room or something, he notices it. Like that part where all the spit is on the ground. Yeah. He looks at it and the camera goes back to him and then you see his face like tilt. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and he know, it, it's, there's so much in his perspective, but it's, it's like we get an understanding of how Andrew sees the world where he doesn't quite understand the humans around him, but he's so obsessed with learning about them. And, and like especially with like Fletcher where he's like watching at all all times and like really trying to figure it out um but then there's all those I mean you mentioned the whip panning which he's become really famous for with this in La La Land the like I love the opening shot in the hallway just slowly moving in once he starts playing drums until you realize that it's like JK Simmons walking in mm -hmm. um I love there's that shot of Andrew when he's at his like lowest point or like kind of like right before his lowest point when they ha when they do the auditions, the three of them are like auditioning and he's in the alleyway and it's like slow motion, him walking through the alleyway. His face almost looks like a different person. Like he looks like a Johnny Cash after just like doing a shit ton of drugs. Um, the way he films the car crash, I remember watching that scene in a yeah. theater and being like, 
oh my fucking God, it is so jarring. The camera stays still in the fucking car. And for someone that is inexperienced with filming and on a really low budget, that was crazy for him to do that. Um, I, it's so tough. Cause like, I want to give this a really high score for all those reasons, but I do think that Damien Chazelle has only gotten better and better visually over time. So it's like, I don't like why give it high now when I can give it higher later, if we were to do other ones like La La Land is so incredibly well staged Mm -hmm. and filmed. Can I answer your rhetorical question? Yeah. Because this movie movie needs it. I think think all of his movies need, I think, I think this movie more than his other movies needs that, visual storytelling element or it doesn't work the editing i think if you i think if you take it out that's kind of what i was trying to say i think if you take out that part of it the music i think it goes back to the point from before it just becomes like a yeah okay i i agree with that it just becomes jk simmons playing steroid (laughs) jk simmons and miles teller (laughs) making funny faces you know, like the, like you said, like he looks he looks he looks ridiculous. But the movie, because it's frantic and it's the way that it's edited, makes that makes him look like he's actually playing the drums so hard that uh, it's not even fathomable for someone who's who's never played the drums to even like he doesn't even look like he's a real person. Yeah, he doesn't even look like he's doing something yeah. that a human being should be able to do in this movie. Like no, I, I, totally I completely agree, agree yeah, with I'm, you. I like I, it is really hard for me sometimes. I think with a lot of these categories, I just get really comparative outside of like I think about because well, I'm thinking of his other like movies, and I was like, what if you remove the visuals from First Man and La La Land? They just become such like vague, like generic movies. I think yeah. another director can make those and make them be good though. I don't no, know. That... I don't think, no. Cause the, <laughs> the thing about first man is it needed to be totally different yeah, than I like suppose. a gravity or something or like a Spielberg movie. Maybe that's his thing. And then La La Land, like I know Spielberg just did it with West Side Story. I think La La Land is way more impressive in terms of just the visual style that they, like that's my favorite part of La La Land, I would say. But I totally agree. I'm going to give this a six out of seven because I, I, you really like you change this movie from like a pretty good indie movie to a like almost master uh, under the radar masterpiece. Right. Exactly. It's not under the radar anymore. But yeah. <laughs> um, what about? Sorry, I thought I was going to sneeze. What about <laughs> Black Swan and the visual elements in Black Swan, Layla? And the eye candy is it tasty? Um. <laughs> Ooh, I, I want to know ahead of time, Layla. Are you? Do you like Darren Aronofsky movies? Yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, I was about to say, I feel like this might be fairly controversial, but I feel completely fine saying it. I'm giving this a seven for visuals. Oh, shit. Um, I think this movie is stunning, and I think that none of the psychosis would have hit the way that it did if it wasn't for the visuals in this film. I think the editing is unreal. I think the way it portrays the craftsmanship in this movie is gorgeous. I think the way so much of the film is following behind her. Is her name Lena? I can't even remember now. Lena? Yeah, Nina. 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 Um, the way it follows behind her is really gorgeous, and it adds such a like jump scare aspect to like most of the film. Like, I mm-hmm. feel anxious and on edge watching this entire movie i think the like grotesque stuff like i actually want to make this distinction too with like with whiplash like all of his like 
the stuff that visually was supposed to be like, oh my God, he's like destroying his body or whatever. Not, it didn't even feel comparable to me to Black Swan. Like his little welt on his hand just didn't feel like like, anything. They're, yeah, they're comparable, but they're like, not to that degree, you know? Like, no, there, not at all. Clear it's like parallel. visceral yeah. in a different I, I way. I totally agree. And it just, it, it elevates the like, the intensity of the film. Like every, and that and that's kind of like, I love that with this movie, it's not just about um, like creating a character like in Whiplash. I think in this movie, it's like a true and true storytelling piece. Like it is why the story flows the way it does. It is why the story is executed the way it is. All the other components are like very important. But again, if you take out the visuals of this film, it's just not as intense and it doesn't hit the way that it needs to. And upon a rewatch, I was just equally as engaged simply because and I'll talk in spectacularity about the sound, but like the visuals, they kill me like it was it's just truly gorgeous. And the way the visuals create a flow throughout the film as well, which I want to like address in spectacularity, too. But the flow of this film works really, really well, and I feel consistently engaged because of the way that it's edited. So it's a seven for me. <laughs> yeah, I um, it, it I want to like when we were talking about Sam Raimi a few weeks ago with Spider Man and how he brought like a horror element to Spider Man that a lot of directors like wouldn't have tried and wouldn't do well, and mm-hmm. he's always been like well known for that. I mean. Darren Aronofsky can make a movie that isn't necessarily about anything that would ordinarily be scary be so fucking haunting to the point that it actually shakes your core. And this could even be just an emotional movie. Like I mentioned it earlier, but The Wrestler is like a really good example of like how like I would never think like a retiring, (laughs) retiring like, you know, wrestler, like a WWE wrestler that I could like really grow to like care about this and like, and, and know like what pains they go through to do these things. And it, and it is, it's the way Aronofsky shows it. it. He like, like Damien Chazelle is talking about is so tight on the actors, like on their faces. Aaron, Aronofsky is like, you're going to be a part of this movie and observe them. So mm-hmm. I'm going to use a handheld camera for a lot of this. And you are going to be following them from behind, mm-hmm. which you were talking about, which he's, he's so He's like the master at that. Like he does that so well. And that can be really annoying or poorly executed if you can't do it well. Like the guy who like started it that everyone loves is Jean-Luc Godard who did like Breathless. And I I don't like Breathless. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) film buffs. But it's Darren Aronofsky does it where you you can't you can't escape this movie if you even fucking tried because you are a part of it and you need to observe it and it is it is horrid in certain parts but like you you can feel that and it's not it's like it's from it's from those tracking shots but it's also like this is like weird to bring up an eye candy, but because of the way that he films these things and because of his subject matter, you need actors of a certain, like that can display a certain physicality right? so that you can like feel those things. And a lot of it is how he stages them and how they look. Um, and, and certainly the way that he edits between scenes, because he'll like show you a character at like a very disturbing level or, or like, like Requiem for a Dream is like a good version of that, where it's like, you're going to be 
I'm going to visually show you these characters at their worst, but I need a certain caliber of of actor to do that. Um, I also like the uh, there's like a it's not grainy, but there's like a gritty like natural look to this movie that you kind of need for us to understand like how detailed this art form is. There's a like version of this movie that you could see with other directors that are good at little details and stuff like you know like. Not like a Wes Anderson, but you know, like like the the people that could show the beauty of an art, uh, but not a yeah. lot of people that can show realistically show the grittiness of an art form. Um, I love the use of mirrors in this movie. Um, some of it special effects or or whatever, you know, like you get it with Neo, uh, Nina Psychosis, but also just like little nods to what's going on in the story because there's a moment where. At the beginning, where um, where the director, uh, what was his name, Tomas? Tomas, uh, yeah, yeah, Tomas. He's he he says the person needs to embody both swans, the white, and then when he says the black, it cuts to his face, and you could see the mirror split him in 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 two or whatever because it's just like a perfectly, it's like this cu- perfectly queued up shot, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, like, what I originally was saying about Sam Raimi, like, no person does body horror like Darren Aronofsky, and my God, both the, like, makeup <laughs> and that. Um, it was coming. There it is. I just, I think, like, my, vi- I, I think it's tough, because, like, my visual style, I don't, Darren Aronofsky isn't my favorite visual director, mm-hmm. not even close, but he is someone who can make a movie look way different than everyone else. Like, you know immediately when it's his movie. It's like Fincher does that too. So I'm going to give it a six as... No, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of seven. I'm going to do like all 0.5s, I think. Half measure. Um, Because I I really agree with what Layla said. Um, And I don't even really just want to give it over Whiplash. It is just like, this is a fucking master where we're seeing like Damien Chazelle about to become a master. You guys didn't even mention the staging of... Black Swan, like all of the details, like I guess the mirrors and that kind of like those cool sort of tricks he does, but just the, just everything inside of Nina and her mom's apartment. Oh my god, is just there's like a bunch of stuff in the room, either of the rooms that we spend the most time in that you just notice on like rewatch and you're like, oh that's not chill or cool at all. I don't like any of that one bit. Like. It's stuff that maybe in Whiplash you don't... That's not the focus. Where Whiplash, you need to have you know, the editing be the way that it is. In Black Swan, there's just a lot of extra detail that makes it mm-hmm. that much more uh, tasty upon rewatch. Yeah. Um, you know, This movie's fucking slept on. For your like, eyes. People like on. Black Swan, but this is like in... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's people just not, people certainly don't about appreciate it, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Cost the, the, even the way, like you said, the way the actors are, uh, look. It's black yeah. Like I mean, her wearing that pink coat throughout the entire movie. Like, there are so many different visual elements that are like so telling, and they're so minor. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I mean, there's the fact. I mean, even the fact, like, like Julie yeah. pointed out, like Mila Kunis's character has like highlights in her hair, completely. It's this, like, you would never, Nina would never. Yeah. 
It's this, the fact that <laughs> she's willing would never. to be free and take Nina a risk. Would never. Yeah. Nina would yeah. never look anything like that. She wouldn't put in any sort of that, that level of effort, and you can just see the differences in their the way that they present themselves. She's not someone willing to take The way they stand, the way their posture is, yeah. the way they... Like, it's just, it's so, so much detail, not just to make them oh, into yeah. ballerinas, but also to make them, you know, juxtapositions of one another. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's Great talk point. about how engaging the movies were. <laughs> Did they draw you in? Did they repulse you? Did they repulse you and you liked it? Um, yeah, baby. And on that uh, vein, we'll talk about Black Swan, and I'll let Gabe talk about Spectacularity. This is where these movies, like, I just... Like, I'm glad we're doing them because when people think of a really engaging, spectacular film, they think of these big blockbusters and stuff or, like, ridiculous horror movies. Like, no. These fucking gritty drama thrillers are where you're going to, like, jack my heart rate up if you do it effectively. Kickstart my heart. And I think... There's an issue I could see objectively that if you can't get behind an Aronofsky movie when you're watching it, like I could see you trying to detach from it, but I'm sorry. He is not going to fucking let you. If you're going to watch this movie, you are going to be involved and he makes it so provocative and eerie that you want to watch it. Like I can, I'm not a big horror, like gore, like gore porn or whatever like horror movies that's just like non-stop gore like that's not it for me but for some people they're like i love watching this it's so exciting that's what like an aronofsky movie is where i'm just like i don't like what i'm seeing but i can't fucking mm-hmm. stop seeing it um but he also it's just like his movies start with tension sl- slowly builds up and then it keeps like building up and then like only like a third of the way through his movies, he's already got it to a level above what another director would keep tension at. But then in random moments, he's like, I, you thought that was really intense. I'm going to jack this to 100 and show a bunch of fucking screaming, crying paintings saying sweet girl sweet girl <laughs> and then like have her and and the editing as you were saying like making it become like a nightmare hell dream that we are strapped into um it's just a I, sexy nightmare hell dream he also throws in the sexy oh you and there's really like sexy, yeah, and, but, and you're like what the fuck is happening but you are like i can't stop watching um, there's another director who does that really well, uh, but I don't, I don't like his movies, but they're like, they really fuck you up. And they're, it's like the guy who remade Suspiria and did like Climax and yeah. Irreversible. Um, but he did Lahan as well. But, um, uh, it's the other, like, I just feel so he knows exactly what haunts us the most as human beings it without it being just a straight up horror movie there are certainly elements where it's a horror movie but it is more like like i always think of it with like requiem for a dream like no movie could fuck you up harder than requiem for a dream no movie could ruin your weekend more than that (laughs) But you could also be like, God, that movie is so incredible. It's so beautiful. <laughs> like this movie, you get to the end of it and you're like, God, it, this movie is brilliant. It's so beautiful. Like I have more of an appreciation for ballet afterwards. Like <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's also less than two hours. 
but you like even though I love everything, like you don't want it to go any further than that, and you're happy when he finishes it, but you know that he could have gone further and still hooked you, and that's it's so rare. Um, I don't audibly gasp or react when I watch movies, especially in theaters. And I didn't see this one in theater, but when I was watching just alone, the reaction when she stabs Mila Kunis or when it becomes her, where it's Mila Kunis is a black swan and then it's her and then she stabs and it's like, it's my turn or something like that. Or like my part. I just, I was like, what? And then you get to the realization that she... It, it was her the whole time and it was like – and she just has to go out there. Like I think – I don't know many movies where I mean, my jaw is herself, open for right? that. Yeah, she stabs herself. Yeah. I don't know that many movies where my jaw is open for that long like after that scene and she still does that performance and stuff. So it's a 7 out of 7 and like I'm just like full engagement every time I watch this movie. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, Seven. I I think I'm gonna go. I guess Layla I'll go with like. About, my, you, were you gonna rate it first? Yeah. Why? Okay. You talked about flow earlier. Yeah. And I wonder what you mean in this movie as opposed mm-hmm. to Whiplash. I think I could talk about that better when I talk about Whiplash because I have a lot to okay. say about that for Whiplash. But okay. I mean, in general, like. So I'm gonna give it a six point five. Um. Hell Sorry yeah, about all the point fives this <laughs> this time around. Okay, I can add. I'm not an idiot. I am. Um, so for me, like, uh, ob- and I'll talk obviously about the horror aspect of this film, and I talked about it already, but this is like my favorite example of a character devolving in a film ever. Like her mm. devolution in this film is like incredible, and I just, and it's a testament to Natalie Portman, obviously the writing as well, but. It's it's so subtle, but she just gets crazier and crazier as the film goes on. Yeah. And I just want to see what's going to happen next as it's going. Like, I'm yeah. so engaged with how fucked up she is that I have to know what's going to happen to her. And that's the smartest thing that they could have done. Like, I'm just in on her specifically. I'm ready to follow whatever, like, chaos is about to, like, come down on her life. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I love my favorite type of horror is, like, very subtle horror and i love this movie for that like i love how like and it's and it's crazy too because there definitely are like jump scares in this movie like when she's in the bathtub and then she opens her eyes and the blood like she's just above herself like all of her like visions of herself and her like alter ego or whatever like attacking her mind scratching her back incredible fucking incredible i mean i'm I'm just in from the beginning. I'm like, what the fuck's going on with this girl? I have to see where she ends up. I have to see what this ending is. And for it all to culminate on her having like a psychotic break and stabbing herself. Remarkable. <laughs> like It just gets better up until the end. There's no point in this movie where I'm just like, there's a lull here. No, absolutely not. It Every bit of it makes sense. Every bit of it's important. Like, <laughs> Ain't no lulls. There ain't no lulls. Um, yeah. And as far as flow, like, it does, like, the the visuals, what I was trying to say before is the visuals feel like um, a plot device. Like, it just keeps you so engaged throughout what's mm-hmm. happening. And you're so um, excited to see what the next thing that she's going to see is. Um, 
And every single, it's not like he repeats himself. Like she's constantly seeing very, like each psychotic moment as they progress throughout the movie, they get worse and worse and worse as the movie goes on. I don't expect any of it. When she goes to visit her in the hospital and Beth, was it Beth? Why am I so bad at these names? The, I don't the, remember her name. Um, I think it's Beth. Winona but anyways, Ryder, the old yeah. like main girl or whatever. When she's when Nona Ryder, when she starts oh, fucking stabbing, stabbing herself in the face, <laughs> like I keep thinking it can't get more gnarly, and then it does. And you don't know if it's real or not, but it is. I still don't like, know if it's real. Did <laughs> she stab her? Did no, Did he, Nina do it? She thinks she does, but like, yeah, I don't know. I think in general, pretty much everything that she sees gets debunked most of the time. So I don't think a lot of it's actually happening, Um, which is like her realizing something's really, really wrong and just going further down the rabbit hole. I mean, again, it's like it's not even that long of a movie, but it's just a roller coaster the whole time. Um, Yeah. So it's just it's just incredible. It's so it's so engaging. It truly is so engaging. And I mean, yeah, yeah, there's like a fucking lesbian sex scene in the middle of this movie. Who would have fucking known? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's constantly surprising. Oh, I mean, that was the talk <laughs> of this movie for a while. Like, people so would long. talk about that scene. Brilliant yeah. way to get people to see your film. Yeah, Darren. <laughs> you sick fuck. Uh, talk yeah. about Whiplash and your, um, your uh, impressions of the spectacularity in, in Whiplash. Did it keep you engaged? Were you looking at your phone? Were you trying really hard to uh, do double time with its air drums? Is this me In or Gabe? fours, damn it! You, Layla. Okay. Um, yeah, I kind of... This is this is a category I kind of had... This is where I had issues with the movie, I think. Um, wow. I... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm so, so excited. I, um... I don't know. I I don't think I don't think the fact that not a whole lot happens in this movie helps this movie. Um, I think some scenes <laughs> are very long and repetitive. I think that there are there is a we we got enough of J.K. Simmons yelling profanities that should just not be said out loud. Like we got enough of it for me. I didn't need as much as there was in the film. Um, I feel like the the middle where it breaks up where he gets kicked out. And he, like, is the informant on this case or whatever. And then he goes to this bar. I feel like the pacing of all of that was not fun for me. Like, I, it, it caused me to dip out a little bit because it, like, felt like this huge, huge momentous moment when he tackles him. <laughs> and then yeah. not much really comes from that. It slows down really fast. Like, Miles Teller's character, you know, like all of a sudden is pretty depressed and like it just kind of slowly moves through him moving into like a new apartment and getting a random job like if that feels like a lull to me like I I slow down really fast from what was such a huge build and then like you kind of lost me a little bit there like I disengaged at that point um obviously I (laughs) re-engaged But um, so, I don't think... I'm just th- making audible, interesting <laughs> noises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I just... That's my biggest qualm with the movie, I think. I, well, that and... I do I do disengage a little bit, too, with how how far J.K. Simmons' character goes. Like, I, mm. I consistently was saying to myself... Well, Andy like, said that ending doesn't really... The bring... ending felt hard for me. I did not... Yeah. I, after, I mean, that's a problem at, if the ending of the movie doesn't satisfy you. 
it was very unsatisfying to me. I didn't love and you know what's weird is I didn't feel that way the first time I watched it. I think the first time I watched it I was just kind of like in it. I don't know. Mm. But upon rewatch I just was like I don't I don't love that in the bar scene all of a sudden we're just like again kind of romanticizing everything that he did. Um because everything he did was really fucked up. Like I just I think there is a way for a teacher to push people really hard and not do the things that he did. Like this person like literally pushed these boys to like bleed all over a drum set and we're sitting at this bar like all of a sudden trying to understand why he did that and I just like I don't like that and I don't like that in the end all of a sudden we see JK like experiencing what he always wanted, seeing someone persevere instead of kill themselves, which the other kid did. <laughs> like it's the like um Mm, what's the word for it is the like uh perverseness of that relationship not visceral enough no i yeah that's that's a great way to say it i don't think i'm like this relationship is fucking perverse no that's a great miles teller doesn't doesn't seem to mind that jk simmons (laughs) is a a, 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 i mean a monster he doesn't seem yeah he seems to like it he seems to be like yeah, yeah no this is what i need Totally. And I, you're right. You're totally right. That's, that's a great way to put it. I don't think that the movie, again, I guess that's what I'm trying to say when I say, I think to me, I felt like at a certain point they started to romanticize how perverse it was. Um, or like, Mm. um, try to help the viewer understand why JK would do what he's doing. And in, in, if they had taken him down just a notch, so he wasn't literally, such an emotionally and physically <laughs> abusive person that Did a child them? killed themselves yeah. killed themselves <laughs> like they do romanticize that in the end like they give him exactly what he wants and everyone's like yay they both made it through and like yay for mm. them they found a prodigy like no this like a child literally hung himself because of this guy's behavior he kicks out of the band oh, it's bad for elmer like fudd. not for being elmer fudd yeah, yeah. For being yeah, in, so, not in tune, even though he's not the one that's not in tune, it's the handsome guy. I mean, even that, I was like, okay, whatever. Like that—that that to I me mean, made like, sense. To your point, he's like, like he's you, a yeah. <laughs> he abuses the the kid until he quits his the thing he loves, and he wasn't even wrong. Yeah, he was just timid. It's, he's de- he's detrimental as a teacher for sure. Like he's just like, uh, he's making these kids feel awful. Anyway, so that and in combination with the pacing of the storyline and where it cuts off in the middle for a little bit. Um, that was very jarring for me. So I'm going to go with the five. <laughs> okay. Still above average. Hmm. Good. I have Good. <laughs> been stewing on this. Uh, that <laughs> section, that lull, because I can understand normally that a lull like that, when it slows down, especially after that scene where he tackles him, I could see that being a problem ordinarily. But I really, really find it brilliant here because I think Damien Chazelle starts fucking with the normal path of a protagonist where the protagonist is building up and stuff and then they have their fall and then some redeeming moment. Whereas this one is his fall. Everything is, is going so fast down into his fall that when he gets to his fall... You're kind of watching the movie. You're like, oh, is that it? Like, you could see how it's like, oh, he broke him and mm-hmm. he's not willing to be this yeah. person. To the point where you get when he walks in and sees Fletcher at that bar and they have that conversation. I love that because 
it, this movie's a lot like Sicario for me, where you're like in the you're at the same time as the main character. You could watch the main character and be worried for them, but you're moving along at their same path. And when you get to that bar, you know that Andrew has kind of become a better per- he's become more like his father again, like a nicer person who's like, I don't need this and like I'm just gonna walk around and like I've been defeated. And he talks to him and he's still like, wasn't it too far? And he's watching J.K. Simmons be like, no. And he's still buying into that shit, even though he knows in his head it's too far. And then it all leads into that final scene where he walks out there and he's so caught off guard. And you as the audience, when you're first watching it especially, are so caught off guard when you, when you find out that J.K. Simmons guard. isn't actually like nice and he just wants to fuck over Andrew. He's I knew so, some ball he's, was going to drop, honestly. There was nothing. Yeah, I mean, like, I knew like something would happen. But when it happens, it's so surprising. <laughs> it just sucks so much because you have to watch it all. Too. Yeah. In the, but like, <laughs> it's re- basically the whole song. And you're just like, oh. But again, you watch that whole thing you're caught in it and and you don't know where the movie could possibly go you don't even think that could possibly be the final scene when you're watching that scene and that happens you're like oh there's no way like he's gonna fail and he's just gonna walk out that was the movie or they're gonna he's gonna fail and walk out and then we're gonna find out like years later he did this but no then it flips and it's the first moment that andrew ever has any power on his own and realizes like, I know what I know your viewing of the movie is, oh, he like Fletcher wins in the end. He finds his prodigy. But I view it more as even though Andrew is like kind of a piece of shit in, in how he treats his girlfriend and his dad and his family and stuff. I view it more as like this guy actually figured out that you could you could create a Charlie Parker um, by throwing a symbol. But Charlie Parker was Charlie Parker because. He was fucking Charlie Parker. Like it was him. And he realized, and there's like some level to that. And the like, the like look that Fletcher gives him when he looks him in the eye, not only is it like, oh my God, I found my prodigy uh, right here, but it's like, oh my God, I might've found my equal. And like this guy actually is taking power and I'm like gonna be like side by side with him. I think, the pacing for that is so well earned that that slow moment brings you right where you need to be. Like they, you're on a roller coaster where it knows where you want to be. Right when you think the roller coaster is over, it's going to take you. And I, I agree. Un- Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just really quick. I was just going to say that I agree that the pacing within just that scene alone builds what you just said. For me, at least. No, like, I meant the whole movie. That's I know that's you did. I, yeah. But I want to clarify that for me, I did also feel that pacing. And I do think mm. that scene itself is a incredible scene. Like it really, it is its own roller coaster within that like 15 minute sequence that I think that it is. Yeah. And I think it's incredibly executed. I just think, I think for you, it worked the way that it like, built up to that i think i just experienced that just in that scene alone and the scenes before it didn't like play into that scene if that makes sense it's so funny because i don't view it's it's like i i totally agree with that but i don't view it as a build-up in my head as much as i view it as a like a trick that damien chazelle plays on you where Mm. it's like ordinarily they would build back up and then they'd be like optimistically on that trajectory, except for in these two movies, not necessarily. Although Mm -hmm. it is optimistic if you're rooting for Andrew in the end, because what if he is this like amazing artist in that final moment 
and he does win. But I view it more as like you are really like it it's like it's he's guiding you down some place that you know you would go in a movie and then he just fucking tricks you into thinking that's where yeah, it's going. Yeah, and I mean, my my read of that ending, I know your your read 100% makes sense to me, Layla, and yeah. she's changed the way that I think about this movie now. But my <laughs> read of that ending is that he understood that you, like, yes, it does look like he's like, yeah, you you helped me become this person, but he also takes everything away from Fletcher at the end of that movie. Yeah. Fletcher's still still disgraced, still can't work at Schaefer and just had a, uh, just had a person that he considers to be, um, a new, uh, someone he can step all over, take, take this entire concert and upend his leadership role. Fletcher's not the, and that would, I mean, he's the drummer. He could do anything he wants. Yeah, and I guess I my if you're point on stage is you wouldn't, and you're the drummer, be, yeah. you you can you can be the conductor. All you have to do is keep playing like oh, you did, and he's realized that oh yeah, you actually have no power. As soon as we get on this stage, you're done. You're nothing. You don't matter. I matter. I can. Cha- yeah. I I looked at that guy and said, "I'm going to cue you," and then he played because what I yeah. play goes, and that's what I think is the the ending of that. Is he's like he steals from his essentially his abuser and is yeah like, he's no, taking I the power this. back for sure and i and i don't disagree with that at all i think the shitty thing is like i i look I at fletcher like he's this, yeah. so fucking I mean, yeah. psychotic that he thinks he yeah. did win in that moment <laughs> like he thinks that yeah and, and it's not and but, uh, yeah to your point it's not played like fletcher's like oh dang like i don't get to be the conductor no, he's well, like, he does initially and then <laughs> initially but then he goes back and he's like yeah yeah well, let's do this like, together and it's like well okay well i don't know about that but, but it doesn't matter because a person like fletcher right. was never going to change and, and believe that anyways but True. i also want to sure. say you know just as you know a final point on that is like that makes that lull period that like bottoming out period makes that aspect of that scene that much more powerful because you really see the fucking rock bottom of it and you think this is what a normal life could have been you know and then yeah and i i think i and i completely agree with you in that respect i think i guess i want to clarify like I don't necessarily mean to say I don't think the lull period is important. I think it is important. Like, I think it plays a no, lot. No, I also into... just don't even find it boring. No, well. I know. And I that's what, what I want to clarify though. that yeah, I think yeah. that, like, the way it was executed pulled me out. That's all I'm sure. saying. Like, I think the yeah, content of it, it is sense. very important. But, um, and then, like, this is such a random thing, Gabe, but you made me think about this when you brought up the dad again. I, did either of you feel like the dad consistently kind of didn't make a lot of sense to you i felt like in the dinner scene i was really confused by the dad because he's established as such a caring and loving father and like supportive father <laughs> yeah, and then, he's like, and then more tight though no <laughs> yeah. i actually i because i don't think that's the whole thing and that's what i was like like you'll like it when you watch that video it's it's he's his purpose is twofold there's the caring and supportive father and that that is something that Andrew is just like letting go in his pursuit. But the other side of it is watching this person who probably had a lot of promise in that family be treated like he's just a contributing member to that family. And they, 
they go through all the the dad goes through all of the achievements and then he's like and then hey teacher of the month or something like that Or the mom does that. And then she's like, oh, and then Andrew with his like jazz drumming. And Andrew jumps in at that moment because he's like, this is a big deal. Don't put me in the same box that you just put my dad. Mm -hmm. And it's really fucked up because the dad is like sitting there and he's like, he's like supporting this family because he's, he's like a, a, a nice person, but he's also like, oh, this like, fuck me. I'm not doing anything interesting. Like this is, look at these popular kids at the at the table yeah. look at my more popular older brother who's more successful than me um there or i don't know if he's older or younger so i i disagree wow, it's so funny i feel like i got such a different read like and i and again it's like even if i watch that video like i think that's, that's how the, i would have want, the, wanted yeah. the dad to have been portrayed but i didn't gather that from what i was watching and like in that scene and i i almost think i'm just gonna like go back and rewatch that scene because i feel like in that scene i would have imagined the dad being a writer and a teacher and an encourager and a loving person to step in more in respect of his son and like and I I get where you're coming from with all he of that stuff because yeah. yeah like I could see all of that once you say it to me like that but I didn't feel that when I was watching it being portrayed in the scene. Um, There's a lot of shots of the dad looking proud of his son, but also not wanting his son to overstep in there and be mm-hmm. rude. And that's just how the dad carries himself. But that's like meant in my mind. That's meant to really separate Andrew. In the way mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to be like his dad. And that's like actually I think the first scene where you really get that. It comes out of nowhere that Andrew has the, is capable of being that way. Right. Um, yeah, totally. I also yeah, seems jarring. It's so it's so jarring. And it's actually like a testament to like Miles Teller being able to do that kind of charismatic bullying. God, he's so shit. good at it. He's so good at it. And it, and you're wondering when it's gonna come out. I just like one last point. The reason why I'm at I I didn't say the score, but I'm gonna give it a seven out of seven. Because with Black Swan, just because I don't get detached in that scene. But, I mean, I just have to... The way that you said, uh, Nick said, you know, separate out the visuals, what is there? I mean, this movie, if you put it down, (laughs) is about a fucking... a, A college student who's a jazz drummer at a conservatory. And it is fucking gripping and to the point where the last scene i mean every scene with jk simmons for sure but the last scene your heart rate is so fast absolutely you're in awe i feel like the dad in the doorway watching Mm -hmm. his son do that like you're watching that scene you're blown away and then it like ends and i remember walking out of the theater and just being like holy fuck and I mean, I, for one thing, like, you know, I, not to talk about like, I guess the whole movie, which I find to be gripping, but just the last scene alone, which you were also saying Layla is like, I mean, it's going to be like a top 10 final scene for me or final yeah, I could moment at agree least because final it, moment's fucking, insane. it fucking ends. Um, <laughs> I mean, just like, both I, of these I movies have Swan insane endings. Yeah. Incredible. Both of these <laughs> movies end. Yeah, they both end. So I, yeah, I've given both a seven out of seven. <laughs> they end at some point. Both these movies fucking end. And talking about end, I sure hope they do. Let's quickly wrap up Legacy. Oh, geez. Um, and yeah. talk about our final category to these movies. Um, how do they hold up? Quickly. 
16th time. <laughs> Don't know, that's not experience. actually. Double yeah, time. Two, yeah, double time. Um, 16th note. I want to know, know how you read the, like, what's the cultural temperature with this, with Whiplash? whiplash. Because I yeah. think... For one thing, when it came out, it blew everyone's mind and everyone was like, wow, this like small movie is about to like be really big, but we didn't think it was going to be like a big Oscar movie. It ended up being one of the like bigger Oscar movies, like best picture. Mm -hmm. It won, it won three awards. Like it was getting a lot of the technical categories. Um, but it really surprised because no one knew who Damien Chazelle was. Yeah. Um, do you think that's changed over time? Um, yeah, so my cultural read, um, just from, like, what I see on the internet and, like, even just, like, my own communities of humans and stuff like that, I think the biggest legacy from this film is, you know, JK winning all of those awards mm -hmm. and, uh, Damien. Like, I don't think a lot of people talk about this movie anymore and maybe, like, within cinephile, like, more like film loving communities absolutely like i see this movie everywhere on film accounts like it is it is very visually talked about and like it is one of those movies that i think cinephiles are going to talk about for a very long time i don't think a lot of people have seen this movie like outside of that um at least for me and at least for like you know, like every person I've told I'm doing this episode to <laughs> did not know what Whiplash was when I just said it at first. Like I kind of had to go oh, in and describe a little bit and mm -hmm. be like, do you remember that movie that came out with Miles Teller about drumming? And then they're kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's, so, that is interesting. Yeah, I don't know. And again, that's like different communities and stuff like that, because I do see this everywhere on the Internet, like personally, because of the types of accounts that I follow. Um and I think something like Black Swan, which we'll talk about, is very, very well known. Like, very, very well known. So, huh. I, I don't know. I think it's hard. I think there are parts of this movie, like, uh, you know, kicking off Damien, um, that make the legacy of the film. And even just for, like, cinema, right? Like, cinema is going to be talking about this for a very long time. And it, like, was very cinema incredibly well received. Yeah. yeah, they do. Um, well... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it's I have to do I guess both of them at the same time because I I think of it almost opposite. So I do think more people recognize Black Swan, but mm -hmm. more yeah. people are will be willing and excited to talk about yes. Whiplash if you bring Whiplash up in a conversation. Yes. Yes. And and maybe that's just because the people who have seen Whiplash love Whiplash, but not a lot of people have seen it whereas Maybe not everyone loves Black Swan, but a lot more people have seen it, or at least know because it was a big part of the culture when it came yeah. out. Yeah, I think a good way to also acknowledge that is I think Whiplash is really palatable for a lot of people. Like Black Swan, yeah. for a lot of the people in my life, they knew Black Swan and they saw it yeah. because of the intense conversation around it. And like we can't even – it's not even a joke. Like, because literally there was so much conversation around Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman having I a know. sex scene. Like, yeah. there was just so much yeah. conversation around the movie in general. But most of my friends that saw it were really like, ah, what was that? Like, whoa. Like, that, so that's where, that was that's weird. Where, whoa, dude. <laughs> that's where I get to, the, like, the trippy, legacy. Because, like, people know what Black Swan yeah. is. But, like, does it have a good legacy? Um, I don't I know. Always I always go – yeah. yeah. 
I was just gonna say, I in this one. category, I'm always like bad press is good press. Like if someone's no, still sure. talking about yeah. something, and like if a movie is like gonna kind of just be like a timestamp for like film and stuff for everybody, even if it isn't necessarily the most positive conversation. I think it still matters because then that just means that like younger cinephiles are for sure going to watch it, you know, and it's going to live on. Um, and even just in the lexicon of pop culture, I think it'll live on. Let's but... give, give scores. We've talked about both of them at the same time. Wait, I have one yeah. point about. No, 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 no. Make the okay, point. But the scores. Well, I'm not yeah. done. Well, because I don't okay. know yet my score. <laughs> We're talking it Do out. Do you know yours, Layla? <laughs> yeah. What are yours? Um... Uh, I was going to go with a six for Black Swan and a five for Whiplash, but I could be changed. <laughs> so another element of Whiplash goes into the like legend of Whiplash. Like Whiplash is <laughs> it there is, it, it is like a crazy, it's one of the most successful like Sundance stories. There's like mm-hmm. the Reservoir Dogs with Quentin Tarantino, like becoming uh, yeah, big yeah. out of it, but then there's the whiplash where it's like this small movie. Well, first, this small short film is gonna blow up, everyone's gonna love it, but then this small movie comes out of a director no one's heard of, like a pretty young director that dominates the discussion out of Sundance and every festival after that becomes this juggernaut of a movie, and it's literally a small indie movie about a jazz drumming kid and a mentor shot in 19 days. It shot in 19 days, makes 16 times its budget, and is one of the lowest grossing movies ever to be nominated for Best Picture. And and now when we're in a time where most of the Best Picture nominees are like going to be like big streamers, they may be indies from streamers, but they're big mm-hmm. streamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. And the fact... I But then there's like the element of like, I think it gets better each time, but... Everyone yeah. remembers that first time they watched that last scene, and that scene is like what everyone talks about. And besides J.K. Simmons, and I think some of that dies over time, as you said, Layla. Like I think there are certainly a lot of people that might think that um, it has this. Le- and there's also like it's gonna be one of those ones that's weirdly quoted because so many people will bring up that good job line. Like that there's no two more uh, harmful words in the English oh, yeah, the language good than good job. Oh. I've heard it. I've, I've seen it in like multiple articles. I just – so it's tough. Whereas there's something like Black Swan that I think people recognize, but it's kind of – it falls off when you look at it on a streamer. It's not as like forwardly put out there for you because we've kind of moved past Black Swan. I feel like I should like also state this. I, I'm surprised I didn't at the beginning. I um, was dreading watching both of these movies. <laughs> Like, I have had a lot of time to watch both of these movies, and I watched them both today, back to back, (laughs) which was nuts, by the way. But you have to be in an emotional state to watch these movies. Yeah, you totally do. And I think that that, like, I could never give either of these movies a seven simply because of that. Like, they're just not... They, I don't, I don't think they're going to live on for people as a rewatchable film. I I don't think they're really rewatchable. Oh, I can rewatch both. I just, yeah, most people can't. Yeah. I, and yeah, I and, I, and I, we're obviously fair. talking about like yeah. most people, right? Like I, yeah, right. 
Um, they kind of just lived in my head and I like had no intention of ever rewatching them, I guess is my point, because they just are viscerally intense. Like I'm very yeah. minimally in a mood where I'm like, yeah, let me watch something that's just going to make me feel anxious for two hours. <laughs> um, so there is that to remember, too, I guess. Like, I know that we specifically can be weird about movies and rewatch a lot of weird things. I'm giving but... them both a six. Yeah. I think I, I just... It's it's I'm just going to take the personal route on this and the how they're yeah. always going to exist as like two of my favorite. I think I like I'm I I think Black Swan is about to win. I think I technically like Whiplash a little more than Black Swan as like one of my favorites. But yeah. I just when you break it down this way, Black Swan was going to win. And it wins 63.5 to 56.5 in uh, oh, a battle of the most 0.5s ever. So many point fives. Thank you <laughs> so for the math, my friend. Point fives. Do you? Um, yeah, do I? I do. <laughs> what do you think? Wh- which one do you like more? Uh, I don't know if it's uh, which one. Do I-, I like Whiplash more. Okay. I would re I would rewatch Whiplash more. I think I've given my two cents on them enough, but I enjoy watching Whiplash more. I think that Black Swan is probably is a better movie. Yeah. But I like Whiplash more. Um, and I just, I just really like Whiplash. But I mean, it, a part of it's like, you know, the musicianship and like, you know, do you that, that part for me. <laughs> yeah. I know that we're like past this already, but I really mm. wanted to bring it up. Like, were we just not going to acknowledge just like the specific offensive things that jk simmons says in whiplash but again i again i'm gonna have to repeat (laughs) this every time like it's all about the intention behind putting it in the movie oh i didn't mean it like i totally didn't mean it it's hard i had to to switch two of the words in the opening because i didn't want to fucking say them yeah i just i guess i meant more that i think it's like comical like how much they put in his dialogue like at some points in the movie i felt like i just literally was like this is just a little too funny. Like, why is yeah. he saying these things? Well, he has to be, like, the worst possible version of it. And you're kind of like, do, does anyone have all those things, like, on deck right He's like, honestly brilliant. He should do, he should write. Succession. He should have been a writer, yeah. He, it's amazing. Oh, my the God. The stuff he comes up with is horrific and He'd so be incredible good. as, like, a third brother in, in Succession. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. But, like, a billion years old. Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 so third jacked. brother to Logan. Oh, to Logan, yes. Yeah. Oh, or second brother That would be hilarious. Logan. Yeah. But, Put uh, that in there. Or just as a shareholder, there. he could have been that. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any, like, recommendations, Nick, of, like, anything, like, related to obsession or, or music? Or could just be other things. I mean, obsession or music? You know what a movie I really want to rewatch and I just, like... It's like Layla said, it's just like, you're not going to rewatch Walk the Line a bunch of times. Oh, you know it's I mean? tough, man. But I want to go back and I really want to watch Walk the Line because I really enjoyed it the first time I saw I it. I want us to do it when the Elvis movie keep, comes out. Yeah, I keep thinking about it and then I'm like, oh, f- but do I really? It's um, If you've ever seen Dewey Cox, yeah, Walk Hard, walk it's hard. going to ruin the entire movie for you. I would watch Walk Hard instead. <laughs> yeah. Just everyone watch Walk Hard. Um, <laughs> Layla, how about you? <laughs> Um, I, I I mean, I, I really didn't have any like specific obsessive ones or anything. I think the number one thing for me was 
a lo- way too many people have not seen Jackie, and it's like for for one of it's just one of the best <sighs> Natalie Pro- yeah. Portman performances like the out thing there. That makes me the most angry in the middle of the night. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, when I was thinking about Rex, like I mostly ended up going down there because I do think these are like two of the best obsession movies out there. Um, yeah. Obviously. And so for yeah. me, I went down the route of like directors and stuff like that. So like, watch Darren Aronofsky things. Watch Damien. Oh my god! Find that these, thing, I though. think the mo- like Darren Aronofsky is definitely most of his movies. I'm just gonna say not for you if you can't handle. Something <laughs> what's like the Black one? Swan, we, like, what's the one we did with Shutter Island? That's just like why did Darren Aronofsky? Is that Darren Aronofsky? No, that's Martin Scorsese. No, no, sure. no. The one we did paired with. Oh, Sean no, Ryan. no. That's Soderbergh. Soderbergh, Soderbergh. is like, Gee, okay, I, okay, Soderbergh okay, yeah, will make yeah, yeah, B movies. Yeah. Aronofsky's not going to make a no, B no, movie, no, okay. but. That makes, yeah. I will it's say. It's a vibe, though. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, he either, either you could go down the route of just like really, really, really weird fantasy and get like the fountain, which like no one has seen, even though it's like yeah. Hugh Jackman <laughs> and it's very good. Or you get like super intense and a movie that was so misunderstood and it it was so divisive that I love. I think Mother is fucking amazing. I think I Mother is like that. almost his masterpiece. <laughs> and I just know that people hate it. And I, I can't believe it was up for Razzies because people just didn't get it. Like when you understand what's happening in Mother. So some of his movies are very, very religiously allegorical. Like he did Noah, yeah. which is like his most panned movie. But – when you understand what mother is doing, it's either you're like, God damn it, or you're like, this dude's a fucking genius. But I will say the most palatable one, even though it's really, really emotionally intense, is The Wrestler. And that's like the yeah. one that deserves no, the most appreciation. One. You like that yeah. one, right? Yeah. I mean, I just like, yeah. I mean, I liked mother. <laughs> I just, I, I, I get that he's like not for everyone, but for those that can get into it he's great so like just try it out i would say but damien obviously is an incredible filmmaker so watch all of damien's work i would um, say yeah. definitely first man i can't believe how first man just went from like it's going to be nominated for every oscar to like no one's talking about this in all yeah season. literally it just That's went so nowhere uh, <laughs> um but yeah i guess jackie and just also Oh, I was gonna say last recommendation: don't ever watch a film, a comedy film that Natalie Portman does because she can't do comedy. But that's oh, my yeah, last recommendation. She's pretty, no, she's. I think she's funny. No. She doesn't pick her no. roles well. <laughs> I just um, don't think she could do comedy. Though. Oh, check out yeah, Aronofsky's. She can. she can do the Natalie Portman rap. That's funny as shit. By the way, <laughs> keep if you're a big Aronofsky person, keep your eyes peeled for the whale, in which mm. Brendan Fraser. Is coming back and playing a 400 pound reclusive gay man in a comedy drama by Aronofsky. Brennan Fraser. How else do you come back on the scene? He's going to win best actor. There's going to be a scene where he overeats and it's just going to be so gross because it's Aronofsky. It's so gross. So gross. All right, plug us. Oh, yeah. Hit us up on social media. Go find us on Instagram. Uh, Look up Facing Off Pod. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Go look up Facing Off Pod. Send us emails to facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. Also, uh, go to Spotify and just very quickly, uh, when you're going to this new episode, just hit, uh, hit give us a little five star review. Doesn't need to be five stars, but give us a review on there. That'd be great. Thank you so much for your, for your kindness. Uh, next week, I believe we are doing. Well, we. We might, we're probably doing Encanto versus Coco, which you can watch on Disney Plus. But 
if we don't do those because we can't, and if we can, and can't, oh, do those. Oh. Uh, we might be doing <laughs> Ocean's 13 versus Italian Job. But either way, Woo! those are the next two episodes. <laughs> All right. I'm literally so excited. All right. Send-offs? <laughs> my, my phone died, so I forgot, but I could... I could uh, uh, Turn my page, bitch! Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's up, Johnny Utah? <laughs> at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.